Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. You made it. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Are you are you talking in slow motion? How are you doing, Kyle? It's not that obvious. It's just enough to where it kind of sounds like uh, it's like when you listen to something at one and a quarter speed for too long, and then you'll listen to the real thing. Oh, uh, sounds off. Well, you know, I am still medicated post surgery, so maybe that's slowing me down. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe that was. We were joking about that. Uh, when we recorded today's interview. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe that really is happening. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't notice, but that's because my whole brain speed has been underclocked for the duration. <laughs> uh, what's going on? What's the what's the word today? Just coming back at you hot with another exciting news episode brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage for all your mortgage needs. An equal housing lender. Hell yeah, she is. She doesn't give a fuck. She'll loan to anybody that qualifies. Yeah, if they qualify. <laughs> if they qualify. <laughs> Anyhow, all right, let's... <laughs> let's t- <laughs> She does not loan to pets, animals of any sort, mm-hmm. or even aliens from other worlds, I've been told. You're definitely medicated. <laughs> What's the first story? Uh, right, hold on. Got to hear a song first. We're just skeet-skeet. trading information. What? trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? True. Uh, you want me to lead <laughs> off? I thought you had the big story. Uh, what is the big story? FOMC was today, baby. Oh shit! I'm supposed to talk about that? Fuck! I should have really read those notes. I guess uh, I've got it. I, <laughs> I think I might be the one with the story this time on that mentions FOMC. All the FOMC was today was just the release of the meeting notes from the July meeting. Mm, okay. So the only thing you're getting to do is really like see like the uh, the info that they're discussing at that time, like more than just like the statement that they prepare or the the press conference they offer. Uh, I did read through it a little bit. Uh, I don't really know exactly what I'm looking at, but I didn't see anything in that report that looked extremely bullish. The idea that I came across was that they were they might be less aggressive than they were planning and do 50 bips instead of 75. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the The percentage chances of the 50 bip uh, uh, rate hike is now, I think, at 57%. I can't remember what it was before, but I want to say it was around like 40, I think we talked about after the yeah. first CPI numbers came out. Sounds about right. But like most of the stuff I was reading about in there talked about a, a shrinking GDP, uh, reduced consumer spending, inflation that's still elevated, like nothing that sounds like oh this is definitely a rosy picture ed and yet uh, the market moved up after after the news all they care about is how many bips is it going to be okay 
Well, I mean, it moved up, but then moved <laughs> back down. So it, well, it couldn't have been too great, right? Right. And that might actually be kind of more bearish if race the entire move. The entire move was race, erased, yes. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I, I was out uh, uh, away from the computer at a doctor's appointment, and I came back and looked at the chart and was like, man, I missed a great short today. Anyhow, the uh, I, I, did, I was reading a story about it, also mentioned that uh, we've had some uh, bad earnings and especially from target apparently yeah target was not oh. great um a <laughs> little bit of a miss <laughs> yeah they lost yeah, about 90 percent drop uh is what the, the headline here says 90 percent plunge in second quarter falling oh far short of expectations <laughs> oh yeah you guys they missed the target on that one the thing is though it's not i don't think it's quite as bad as it sounds they have been trying to i, I think we talked about this before they put everything on sale like trying to mm-hmm. liquidate or reduce their inventory they right built up too much yeah yeah so a lot of that i think was eight on this on this earnings report okay okay still 90 percent though 90 percent miss is astounding yeah it's not good <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the CEO was saying that they're seeing an encouraging start to the back-to-school shopping season. So uh, maybe they're doing something similar like Walmart, where Walmart's like, hey, earnings are going to suck. We'll tell you this a month now, so that way you're not surprised when, when we get to there, and maybe things look good. Or maybe they're just trying to eat all the losses in the second quarter, so that way the third quarter and fourth quarter look amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's So they have one just one bad earnings quarter. Like, we know, we know it's going to suck. Let's just pile it all into this one quarter, and then we can move past it. The same period last year, they they were net income was one point eight billion. Uh, this this quarter was one hundred eighty three million. <laughs> I don't think you dropped that much without doing something. Oh damn! Okay, yeah, they had to they they wrote off all that inventory, right? That's kind of what it sounds like. It sounds like they tried to yeah. eat as many of their upcoming costs as they could. I'd have to look at the balance sheet to not that I'd understand it anyway, but. <laughs> That's my suspicion. Yeah, I guess when you put something on clearance, do you get to write off the difference? Uh, I don't know how all that works. I mean, if you're selling it at a loss or you're not making money on it. I'm trying to remember my days of working at retail. I know I know if something was like damaged and we wrote it off, it definitely it, we had yeah. a sheet for writing it off and it got written off. Right. But I, I, don't, I don't think I didn't, you know, I was running a department at the world market, but I don't remember any like had extra paperwork for clearance. You don't have... Um, uh, depreciation line items? <laughs> no, no. Good question. If anybody in retail yeah. knows, uh, let, give us a shout out. Yeah. But yeah, so it was a declining day on the markets uh, after yeah. that FOMC. They, it tried, tried to buy up, but it didn't didn't work. What what stories you got for us, Kyle? Huh? Why don't you talk about the Bed Bath & Beyond one that you posted here? I want to I hear more about this. All right. As you well know, Bed Bath & Beyond, one of the meme stocks, has been going crazy lately. It's been a lot of fun. And that craziness has slowed down quite a little bit, I've been told, over some shocking, shocking news that Ryan Cohen filed a 144 form with the Securities and Exchange Commission to sell uh, up to all of his stake. Mm -hmm. And yeah, looking at their stock price, it dropped, well, got as high as $30 and it ended the day at $23. So that's what, 20, what over that? 23% drop from its high on this news. What was the, uh, what was the level I told you to blind short it? 30. Yeah. No, I was on board. <laughs> I wasn't, I just wasn't watching it today. Somebody was getting a massage. I was. I messed up my shoulder, man. <laughs> uh, there is. Okay. So the, they, the headlines are all making this look like he sold his stake, but. On Twitter, their boards are lighting up with everyone kind of pointing out the fact that this form doesn't mean that he actually sold yet. It's just the intent to sell. You know, I I see. I think that's 
I think that's just everybody trying to keep keep calm in the face of the obvious. Yeah. If the dude sells now, he's going to make $60 million on a, on what? A $60 million bet? Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, on their defense, they, they, they claim that uh, his ownership percentage changed because of some stock buyback. Thing. This sounds like a whole fucking conspiracy theory now that I'm saying this out loud. Uh-huh. Yes, it does. He had to refile this because of the buybacks that reduced or changed his ownership stake. And he had previously already filed this form 144 with the intent to sell. So this isn't anything new. That's what they claim. And, and it certainly sounds like a don't sell your don't panic and sell your shares right after a giant rip. Yeah, that sounds a lot like that. I don't have any, but I want, I did intend to blind short at 30. I missed my entry. I still think it's a great place to short it personally. You all do what you're going to do because that's on you, but I would not be holding it if I had it. Mm-hmm. You have shares. What are, what are you planning on doing? Oh, I've got covered calls sold on them. My shares are paid for. Oh, there, there you go. Remember the last uh, few times it hit 30? <laughs> <laughs> ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah. Yep, every time. Doing it right. Uh, now, Ryan Cohen hasn't just bought and and held. He has installed three of his people on the board, and they did get a new CEO in there. Do, do, you, do you know if they managed to sell uh, Bye Bye Baby? Um, I don't know. Um, there was a lot of stuff in their latest earnings report talking about some of the changes that they're trying to implement, but I didn't, I don't remember seeing that being part of it yet. Yeah. That was part of his open letter. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess as of June, 2022, they, they still have, they're still trying to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the timing of it to me also, I mean, not only would he make some money because of this latest push, right? but it looks like the changes he wanted to make haven't been going through even with his people. So I I think he's about to sell and I would consider it wise if I had shares to get out before him, especially on a big rip. Take some profit. Not advice. I'm just talking about what I would do with my my share. That I will be. I am comfortable saying get paid. (laughs) Yeah, get paid. (laughs) Pay yourself. If not now, when? Yeah. No, when? Yeah. I mean, what? Like a, a, at the beginning of the week, it was at $12, $13. Come on. Right. It's $23. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. What else, what else you got, Kyle? Uh, what else do I got? Remember uh, what you're talking about uh, a couple of days ago with the, uh, um, sounded like we we're being held hostage as retail traders. Like the bottom's not in unless you guys sell. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember that. Yeah. So there's a new fidelity study that uh, saw that caught my eye. I just wanted to bring it up because it tied back in nicely with that. Uh, it says retirement accounts are taking a hit from inflation, but uh, the study shows that people aren't selling. Most investors are still committed for the long haul, despite the unease over this volatility. If everybody in the retail just gets together and just buys, it sounds like we got them, Dan. I think we found the hack. We just have to convince 300 million people to not sell. Well... I mean, how many listeners does this podcast have? About about 100 million? So everybody tell two people. Uh, That's rounding up. Rounding, (laughs) right. Rounding up to the nearest 100 million. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. More realistically, everybody tell 200,000 people. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That'll get us there. (laughs) There was a second part to the story that caught my eye too. Uh, Mostly it was just because it tied in nicely with what you were saying uh, last week. But at the very end, it says, even for people nearing retirement, it's important that your savings may have to last 15, 20, 25 years after you retire. So you want to continue to take a long-term approach and not make changes based on short-term market swings. Yeah. That sounds like somebody trying to calm somebody and not bottom the market out. Who wrote this? Uh, Fidelity. 
That sounds like something a, a manager would say who runs a, a retirement account and doesn't want everyone to liquidate their holdings. I mean, Fidelity does run a ton of retirement accounts. I know. I know. <laughs> They're one of the big players. So ever since we started the show, I can't look at any statement from anybody without looking at what, what do they want? What do they want out of this? What's in it for you? Yeah. What's your motive? It's not to help me. Yeah. That would be crazy. The, the Shamrel oh, yeah. oh, told Fox Business News, we try to encourage people to take a long-term approach to retirement savings. So it's great to see the majority of retirement savers stayed the course and did not make changes based on market uncertainty in quarter two, because then we still get our cut. You didn't say that part. I, I added that. <laughs> Kyle's words. Yeah. yeah. I think the real thing is do what you want to do. Yeah. Do what's best for you in your time frame. Yes. Don't listen to idiots like us or Fidelity. I know. I know we've got a big Jim Cramer story, but real quick before we get there. Yeah. 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 Another callback. Uh, remember when we were talking about the latest crypto hack? Is that the one that offered the bounty? Yeah. Where they were like, if you give it back, we'll let you keep 10%. Yeah. <laughs> That'll obviously stop Prime. Yeah. Well, I, I was reading in the New York Post today that cryptocurrency hacking has jumped 60% this year. Uh, $1.9 billion in, in funds have been stolen from uh, decentralized finance protocols. Good Lord. I thought that was the whole point of that. It, it was the whole point, but because it's open source, hackers can look at all the code and figure out how to exploit it. That's true. The same period last year was $1.2 so it is up over 50% hacking. Does it say how much they made in bounties? No, no, uh, does does not. We, we've seen a huge, huge drop-off of crypto scams. Like, all the scammers are turning to hacking. Ah, uh, now that everyone's bought it, now they have to steal it. Now they have to steal it. Well, <laughs> it's. I think it's more akin to now that the price has fallen and everybody's lost so much money, no one can afford to buy a shitcoin. Uh, oh. It's easy to buy a shitcoin when you're making money and you're just like, oh, yeah, I'll take a little bit of a profit from my Ethereum and buy the shitcoin, buy another lotto ticket. See what happens. See what happens. So, you know, scamming abounds. But now, like, almost nobody's got money to buy, in my opinion. So scamming's down 65% from uh, last year. Scammers by this point had made 1.6 billion. Uh, sorry, the revenue's down to 1.6 billion. This this year, this time last year, it was at four and a half billion dollars scammed. How do they track all that? I don't know. You have to ask the New York Times. I don't know. It's the, are the hackers filing their uh, W-2s? Yeah. <laughs> how, how much money did you make from hacking this year? Al Capone proved that you're supposed to claim uh, even illicit, yeah, even illicit activities on your taxes, or at least you know figure out a way to claim them. Otherwise, you're going to prison. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Last one. I've been looking forward to this. You posted this in the Discord this afternoon. The Kramer Corner. Yes. So why don't you, why don't you introduce us to the story, and then uh, I'll, I'll do my contribution. Everybody's favorite madman. I mean, Mad Money host uh, Jim Kramer has offered a <laughs> list of off-price retailer stocks that we as in retail, we investors should be uh, looking at. To quote him, there's an inventory glut in the traditional retailers and the big chains are desperate to get rid of this stuff so they can bring in new product. So uh, he's saying, take a look. Mm. These off-price chains are the buyers of last resort. And he wants, uh, he suggests taking a look and uh, considering to pick up some long-term holdings. He does say at the very end uh, that they, investors should understand these are long-term opportunities. It doesn't mean that they're doing that great yeah. right now. 
That's how he ended it. Mm-hmm. All right, what's the first uh, stock on this first list? First stock is TJX. TJX. Okay, let's pull it up on the chart here. I see that it closed at 68.54, and it's got a really strong resistance at 71. Huh, interesting. And we should be buying this now? I, I You should be eyeing to buy. What's, what's the next one? Burlington Stores. Burlington Stores closed at 170. Uh, let's see. Re- extremely strong resistance at 178.48. Mm. Interesting. And we should be buying this right before this resistance? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pick, pick it up long term, buy it and hold it. Ross stores. Not quite a Ross, not quite a double top, but uh, just filled filled a gap into uh, resistance. And also coming right into its 200-day moving average. Mm, seems like a great pot, great spot to buy. Uh last one, sorry. <laughs> Ollie Ollie's Bargain Outlet Holdings. Ollie's This one's got a little more room at least. It's trading at 64. It's right in between two uh resistances and supports, one at 55 and one at 75. This one's this one's maybe better, but kind of feels like uh, he's trying to get the last push to get to these resistance points, so that way uh, institutions can unload <laughs> all their shit. I know I posted the story in our Discord and said uh, if anybody wants to look at some short ideas, here's, here's, Kramer's got a list for us. <laughs> uh, Long term, these are probably our bad stocks. Just. Uh, every time he recommends something, it's always at the worst time, it seems like. Right, because I don't watch Mad Money. I honestly couldn't tell you who does, but I'm certain not mm-hmm. everybody watching Mad Money is going to be really up on technical analysis. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that are like, oh, well, he said it, so I'll just put in the buy order. And that's that's an awful thing to do. Right. Awful thing to do. You got to do your your own analysis. Put in the buy order if you truly believe in the fundamentals, but at least do yourself a favor and cost average in. Yep. Like if you really want these long term, like that's 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 any long term holding, from what I understand and what we've been told by the professionals, like cost average dollar cost average in. Yeah, and sit on it for twenty years. Sit on it. Yeah. Not advice. It's, uh, it's an interesting theme, though. Huh? Everything's coming right up onto an important support. Yeah. Oh, Kramer, you're the worst. <laughs> we got anything else that we covered all. Anyhow, yeah, now, now we're going extra long. Uh, but we're allowed to because we do whatever the fuck we want. All right. Well. Oh, all right. Well, thanks for sticking around to the end, folks. That's going to be the news today. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. We'll be back at you what's real soon. with Whatever we want. The weekend episode. <laughs> it's a salty episode. <laughs> and until then, happy trades. Goodbye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.